Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of Gorecom, in which we speak to small cap CEOs about what's happening at their companies. With us today, I'm happy to have him for the first time, and I love the subject matter. Andrew Davidson, CEO and chairman of Royal Helium, trades on the TSX Venture Exchange under the stock symbol RHC. Helium, we don't talk about that. I don't think we've ever talked about that on Agoracom. If you think about balloons and blimps when thinking about helium uses, I wouldn't blame you, but you'd also be missing out on a much bigger picture. Uh, beyond balloons, helium is a high-tech gas with many uses in high-tech applications. So for example, MRI magnets, fiber optic cables, so we can have high internet speed for things like this. Airbags, hard drives, chips and electronics, you name it it plays a critical role. As a result, as all these high-tech applications continue to climb, demand from these is causing a supply shortage in helium, making it a high-priced commodity as prices continue to rise. Saskatchewan is one of the only places on earth with current and past production of primary helium. That's where Royal Helium comes into play as they're one of the largest landholders search for helium and they're aiming to deliver a minimum of 1 trillion cubic feet uh, into the market by exploration development. Let's talk about it. Andrew, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So. Yeah, great to have you because this is a great topic and uh, even I didn't realize the uses for helium and how important it is. How big of a problem though is the current supply shortage? Well, I mean, there, there's no way to understate this. It is a major problem globally, and it's a problem across multiple industry uh, segments, right? I mean, given the uses of helium across high tech, healthcare, rocketry, uh, nuclear power, you name it, um, it's irreplaceable in those uses. When we run out, when there's a shortage, these things grind to a halt. They don't, they don't just slow down, they full stop. And uh, that's a problem because a lot of these industries, you can't just stop and start them up, right? It's, a, it's not a simple process. Um, so the, the supply side and the glut in, in demand oversupply is causing a major problem. You're seeing the price spikes. That's the result. And I might have heard, correct me if I'm wrong. So the one that we can probably all relate to the most or we think about in terms of importance is MRI magnets. Yeah. And that there was a problem that some people, they, they, they had to maybe reduce or cut back on MRIs because of the supply shortage in helium and that's a that's a major problem yeah it, it is a major problem and it uh, you know the, the healthcare segment doesn't do well with shortages of raw materials and because uh, you know they these tests are critical and uh, the, the constant supply is a must not a want right and uh, it's uh, it's the same across even scientific research and development you see things like uh, the large hadron hadron collider shutting down because they can't get helium synchrotrons in the world going I didn't on know that. all of that i mean and, and these are these are critical things these are not consumer discretionary product type operations yeah that's why i brought up mri magnets like okay yeah. we could all do with using a if, if, if the chips in our phones didn't get any faster, if there's a shortage, I could, yeah. I could still use my Samsung for another two, three years. So I'm not, yeah. it's not critical, but you're talking about real critical things. So, yeah. you know, how, explain the reason for the shortfall, obviously yeah. demand, you know, that's easy to say. And, uh, yeah. but there, it, it obviously must go a little deeper than that. So what's, what's the reason and what kind of impact is that having on pricing? Yeah. You know, obviously demand plays a key role and we can, we can get into the, what's driving that, uh, but the issue is, is supply. Um, historically, the US has been the largest global supplier of helium. 
and uh, the strategic helium reserve in Amarillo, Texas was the single largest sales point for helium globally, accounting for as much as a third of global sales of helium. And uh, that uh, sales from that facility are completely shut down. The strategic reserve has is, is been pulled off of the market and there's really been nothing to replace it. So you've got an industry with tight supply demand uh, metrics already where a third of the supply just got yanked off the market with no, with no chance of it coming back. It's uh, a it, wonder it, though that this doesn't get more media coverage given how important helium is to the economy. Well, you know what? It gets more coverage than people think, but it gets coverage in different places. So it's, you know, scientific today or physics now that is covering it extensively. But the, the readership of that is, is, is right. quite Very muted focused. compared to something that's going to be in the Globe and Mail. It should be in the Globe and Mail. It should be on the news. It's just not. Uh, we're doing our part to change that because the, the industry is, is critical to the continued development and continued health of, of everyone. Around, around the world. It's, uh, it's a global industry and uh, the supply side uh, problems remain and they remain, you know, exacerbated here in North America specifically. So for you guys, as far as your economics go, look, you don't, I know you don't want to cheer a, sh a supply shortage and have problems, but at the same time, there is some benefit to the price of helium rising. I've never seen a price of helium uh, I don't see it quoted anymore. And I'm sure 98% of the people watching or listening to this uh, don't either. So what has the, what does the price for helium look like over the last, I don't know, a year or two into today? What, what's that look like? Sure. Well, yeah, you're not going to find a price on helium. It's not a, it doesn't have a quoted price. It's all dealt right. with on long-term contracts between the producer and the purchaser. The last publicly available price was from the last auction from that uh, strategic helium reserve, and it was $280 US per MCF. For every 1,000 cubic feet. How does that, that compare to where it was a year ago or two years ago? Yeah, and so that was in 2018. The year before that, it was 130 roughly, and the year before that, it was 100 roughly. And, and now all the pricing information we get is, is anecdotal because it is, a, it is a tightly held industry secret, but it is above the $280 US, uh, the, the global average seems to be around the three to $500 US, depending on when you entered into the long-term contract. And on the spot market, it just gets parabolic. I mean, we've heard stories of you know $1,500, it's unbelievable. So clearly there are new projects and, well, I shouldn't say that, but usually they say the cure for high prices is high prices because that means George Com says, hey, I'm going to go try and find some helium. I'm going to try and take advantage of this. So supply increases, prices come back to normal. But I don't know, is that what's going on right now? Or is it really hard to find helium? What kind of supply is coming online in general? And then we'll talk about what you guys are doing. Yeah, so the answer to those two questions are yes and yes. Um, there, are, there are companies trying to start up uh, like we did uh, you know, five years ago. And get a foothold here but the the tricky thing with the helium market is it's not everywhere it's it's not like natural gas where you can go find a deposit of it in pennsylvania through you know fracking technology um, it, it exists only in places that have elevated levels of uranium and thorium in in, in the basement rocks because helium is created from the natural decay of uranium and thorium so limited jurisdictions have the ability to produce it and even fewer have the ability to produce it as a primary product. So not as a byproduct of natural gas, right? And that's where Saskatchewan comes to the forefront. We're the only jurisdiction that we can find that does this. 
everywhere else is a natural gas project, which may or may not have uh, helium associated with it. Right, so it's an offshoot, the derivative. It's an offshoot. In fact, you know, the global average on, on helium grade uh, is 0.04% of the gas flow stream is, is the global helium grade. It's uh, exceptionally low, but it's such a high value commodity that it, uh, the economics still work. All right, you guys have got a million acres. Yep. Uh, that's unbelievable. Assuming that you guys are, you know, actually let's backtrack. So what are you doing now yeah. to, to, to get through your million acres to try and deliver that 1 trillion cubic feet? Give us- yeah. and, and I mean, that, and that's a huge number. We're talking about gas flow there. Uh, what we do to develop these things is, you know, you go through the standard oil and gas exploration procedures that any natural gas or oil and gas company would do, you know, a combination of, of historical well log reviews, seismic, aeromagnetics, uh, this stuff. And we're doing ours on a, on a land package by land package basis because with the, you know, a million acres or so of, of helium rights, um, you can't do it all. You gotta, you gotta do a piecemeal. So we're taking bites out of it. So we started at uh, our project area near Climax, Saskatchewan, and it's about a 50,000 hectare property. We have that information, the aeromagnetics and the seismic and the well logs over about a third of it. And so we just finished drilling our first three wells there. They're in the completion and testing phase now, and we're just uh, waiting with bated breath to see what the helium cuts come back at and, and the flow rates, et cetera. But that's, that's how you build and develop these things. You start with land. You can't do anything without it. It has to be in the right jurisdiction. It has to have the right geology subsurface, pure and simple. Once you have that, you just step out and de-risk, de-risk, de-risk until you're into the production phase. What are the economics like on helium? Because I'm sure that's something a lot of people think about at home because we, we all have a general idea of economics for gold and economics yeah. for, for other things, but no clue. So what do the economics look like? And what have the past economics been like in Saskatchewan? Because obviously there's a reason why you're there. Yeah. So, I mean, in the past, uh, we're one of the few jurisdictions, as I mentioned, that can produce it. Well, the only jurisdiction as a primary helium uh, well target. But uh, our, our wells specifically, we model them out. They pay back in six months. Six months from when you wow. turn them on, they pay back. And uh, we, have the, we have the benefit of having a history of, of wells here going back to the 1960s that have produced helium in Saskatchewan. So we develop our models and our type curves for wells based on actual helium wells drilled in our neighborhood. So we have a lot of faith in our numbers because of that. And uh, it, what it shows is the wells last beyond 10 years. They produce helium for 10 years plus. And uh, so when you pay back in six months, you're looking at nine and a half years of, <laughs> of green on top of that. It's a, it's a pretty unique situation. So in terms of cash flow, we model it out at about $3 million per year per well and the ability to drill hundreds of wells. And, and, and what does it cost you to, to drill a well to get it to that point? Million and a half dollars. Wow. So you talk about thirty million dollars of return on a million and a half dollars on unsuccessful wells, obviously. Unsuccessful well, yeah, on a successful well. If it, if it was a slam dunk, I'd be I'd be ending the I'd be ending the Zoom right now and driving out to Saskatchewan. <laughs> start. Well, I mean, if if it was easy, we make it we make it sound easy. But if it was easy, everyone would be doing it, and everyone isn't doing it because it's it's not as straightforward as that. I mean, you're drilling down to twenty six hundred meters below surface. I mean, a lot of things happen between here and there. And, uh, you know, the scientific data is what it is. A lot of it's historic. So we learn as we go. Uh, but everything we've done to date is, has sort of proved out our geological thesis. Everything has been confirmed as we've drilled these wells. So that gives us a really good warm and fuzzy over how this project is going to work out.
So if everything comes back well, uh, and pardon the pun, if everything comes back well with these three wells that, that you're drilling, you're waiting for the results on, um, I don't want to make the assumption, but usually like mining, you know, we drill three holes, looks good. We, we need to drill another 30 or so yeah. to really know what we have. What yeah. does that look like for you guys? Because again, helium is brand new. If everything goes well with these first three, do you expect that you're going to have to, you know, drill five, 10, 50? What, uh, let us know how that looks. Yeah, so there's really three prongs to development approach here. So one, assuming it's successful, these wells are going to be production wells. They're not just exploratory. So we're going to put them okay. on production and cash flow. them. And we, we hope to get that, uh, uh, get cash coming back at us here in 2021. Uh, That's basically. fast. That's well, fast, Andrew. What I like about that, you know, sometimes the frustrating thing about the mining world is, uh, okay, we're drilling and we need to, we need about three, four seasons of this. So we'll know by 2025 what we have. And that's just too hard for most small cap investors to kind of wrap their minds around. So yeah, you're thinking I mean, the the, that time scale doesn't work for everyone and, and understandably so, especially with high risk capital, but with us being able to say, you know, it's about six months from when you drill to when they come online. And then six months after that, you, you're paid back your capital and you just, you know, you can sit back and watch it from there. Uh, so we're going to do that. On top of that, we're going to look to do what we call infill drilling. You think of it like an oil and gas project. We've, we've you know, we've de-risked this land package. Uh, we're going to infill drill it now, which means add, you know, 10 plus wells into this climax field that we have defined so far. And so that's step two. Step three is we're going to go do the initial exploration and, and initial drilling over at another land package. So we'd like to get all that done here in 2021 or at least underway in 2021. And does Saskatchewan present any weather issues where you got to stop uh, drilling or can you go year round? Yeah, well, I mean, we're in one of those periods. Well, we're in the only period like that right now, uh, which is why we we sort of, we got through the drilling program as quickly as we could because it's called spring breakup. It's when the ground thaws and the roads get soft and you can't drive heavy machinery over it. But uh, we're pretty well through that down at our project area and it didn't cause us any delays at all because we got the big machinery off site and we moved smaller machinery on. So we're okay. But other than that, it's, you know, we'll call it 11 months of the year you're drilling. Oh, okay. So that's, winter uh... is actually a great time to drill. I mean, it's uncomfortable if you're working outside, but uh, the ground's hard. <laughs> all right. So this is pretty exciting. It sounds like, you know, you're on the cusp of finding out, you know, just what you got. Do you guys have an ETA for when the results will come back? Ballpark. I'm not holding you a specific day, but is it sometime in April, May? Is it sometime, you know, how, how yeah. ETA for that? You know, admit, you know initial results uh, mid-April at the latest, I would think. All right. And so then, we're right around the corner. So we're right around the corner. And then from there, there's some additional testing you have to do, some more secondary flow rate testing. And, you know, you get some more helium tests done along the way just to confirm it. In that period of time, we'll be talking with, uh, you know, industrial gas companies about partnering with us on the, on the production and processing side. So that once we have the final package of information on every well, we know exactly how we're going to process it and exactly who's going to, who we're going to sell it to. And from and from the time that you guys determine, okay, well A and well B, thumbs up, well C, maybe didn't work out. It's about six months from that point to yeah. get them cash flowing. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. What do you guys plan to do with the cash flow? I uh, naturally some of that's going to go right back into the ground, obviously. Uh, but you know, it sounds like going to be you're, you guys are going to be generating a lot more cash flow than you might need. So yeah. I'm just throwing this out there, but. Is there come point where you dividend some of that out to shareholders or uh, or do you just keep putting all that back into the ground? 
Well, initially, it's all going to go back into the ground. I mean, I'm, I'm a major shareholder myself. I like dividends. They're fun. But uh, for now, until we prove up enough fields, and we'd like to get to the point where we're building big processing facilities here in Saskatchewan. And you really, what happens there is you take over more of the, of the gas marketing side and you open up global customers, right? So for now, we're dealing principally with the U.S., but the more we develop, the more wells we have on, the more production we have on justifies making the big investment in processing and liquefaction plants and then shipping wherever we want to. So it sounds like a lot of juniors uh, say, hey, George, we're going to drill. We're going to we're going to develop a resource, but then we plan to sell Yeah. or JV. It sounds like you guys have really big plans to do most of this on your own, bring in some partners, but it sounds like you really want to go right up the vertical, you, yeah. vertical integration. Very, very much so. I mean, we'll certainly look to bring on partners at some point. We, you know, with the amount of land we have, we're not going to get to it quick enough if we just do it on our own and, you know, raising, you know, a hundred million dollars to go drill, you know, 90 wells. It's a, it's a tough sell for a junior company, even, even one like ours, which has had some pretty significant growth over the last 12 months. Um, so, but from there, we're going to get to a size where people can't ignore us. I mean, uh, the helium industry isn't going anywhere. Um, and it's a natural, honestly, it's a natural slide in for oil and gas companies looking to expand on their ESG programs, you know, securing cash flow. So it's not so, you know, single commodity focused in terms of risk on demand. Um, it's, a, it's a natural hedge there. So I think we, we get to the point where it, people are going to look at it and say, okay, they want to be in the helium business and we're the best way. Uh, you said ESG there, I think. Um, yeah. So is, is helium considered more of a, uh, more of a clean gas? Yeah, hundred percent, especially in Saskatchewan, because we don't uh, produce any significant methane with it whatsoever. I mean, principally we'd be producing it with nitrogen or nitrogen would be the driving gas. And so there's no greenhouse gas effect to nitrogen. It That's great. Like it's vented to the atmosphere. So Really, you're, you're producing a gas subsurface, a completely inert gas with no impact on the environment whatsoever, which is going to serve other environmentally friendly industries like uh, nuclear power, for example. And, and, you know. Could helium ever be used as an energy source or is it just... Oh, I mean, one, one, of the, one of the most unique uh, functions of it is the fact that it's completely inert. It's non-combustible in any way. Ah, okay. Yeah. So that's... And, and it's used... A fair bit because of that specifically in the rocketry sector right where you know it's used as a counterbalance gas in some fuel tanks as fuels expended helium's inserted uh, to keep it in balance because it won't ignite in fact that, that's how helium was first discovered on earth was drilling natural gas wells in in kansas and they went to light the gas stream on fire and it wouldn't light that's the first helium discovery in north america it's like the opposite of we've discovered fire we have not discovered yeah, fire. exactly yeah. one Tom Hanks, I've I've made fire, and this guy KC is I haven't made fire, and they're both equally significant to the history, uh, to the history of the world. How many wells do you think? How many wells do you want to get up to, uh, so you get Royal Helium to the point where you say, yeah, we're a major, we're a major player. I mean, don't, listen, I'm sure you want a thousand. Yeah. What's the number that you need to get to to start being considered uh, a major player? It's not that many, frankly. If we get 15 wells online producing, we're a major player in the helium market here. Uh, that would be more than anyone else would have on production in, in Saskatchewan, certainly in Canada for sure. Uh, and as a pure helium producer, probably North America. Um, 
but I, I would like to get to the point where we have 30 wells on production over the next, you know, 24 months. Wow. I was about to ask that very question. How long will it take it if, if everything went well, yeah. uh, not perfect, but you're telling me, I was going to ask you how long will it take to get up to 15 wells, but yeah. you're saying if everything goes okay, no major surprises, you could be up to 30 wells in 24 months. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, there's no significant uh, impediment to drilling. I mean, in Saskatchewan, we're, we're essentially drilling oil and gas wells. Sure. Uh, the permitting is very straightforward. We've got a great team of people that are involved with that process for us. So it's when we when we got our permits here for these first three wells, I think it took three weeks from application to receive. Oh. Yeah. Sandra, why are more people doing this? Uh, I'm <laughs> wrong. I'm not saying it's easy, but yeah. the economics seem great. Um, you don't got to go hunting all over the world. It's like, hey, Saskatchewan is a really good place to be. Uh, congratulations to you and your team of Royal Helium for, you know, it seems like in the small cap and not that I don't know of anybody else. It seems like in the small cap world, you guys have a real lock on this. Why aren't more companies, uh, you know, chasing helium? Well, you know, I think we were, we were a bit ahead of the curve when we started this thing. It was, uh, there was a, a U.S. company called the Wild Group who made the first real modern day swing into helium production in Saskatchewan. And that was back in 2016, the same time that we started up as a private company. Uh, but between us and them, and then our, our much larger private company neighbor, North American Helium, we've secured the lion's share of, of, of good looking acreage in southwestern Saskatchewan. And that's southwestern Saskatchewan is really where the historic production has been. So between the three of us, we control um, <laughs> a fair bit of it, <laughs> to say the least. And wow. Hey, look, uh, fortune favors the bold, right? Because it sounds yeah. easy right now as we're talking about it. it. sounds easy for me to be excited about it now that you brought uh, RHC to this level. But the fact of the matter is, when it was just an idea, yeah. you know, five, six years ago, you probably have, uh, you probably have a lot of people saying helium, yeah, uh, I'll go oil, I'll go get gas, I'll go get gold, I'll go get silver, I'll go get lithium for the electric vehicle rush. And yep. you probably just keep dwindling down your list of potential partners and investors for helium. But you guys saw it. Yeah, no, it's, it was very much like that. You know, since, like I said, since 2016, we've been doing this and it's been a slow process. But, you know, the more I got into it, the more, the deeper I got into learning about the helium market and the uses and, and the demand and the supply issues. It's just, it's such a fascinating industry. Yeah, it, it's clearly. So many different segments on the demand side and all of which it's critical for. Like, it's not optional. And like, you know, if we want to continue, you know, exploring space, for example, I mean, you can't do it without helium. Every shuttle launch has a helium tank farm at the base. I mean, these, they just will not happen. Uh, healthcare wait, wait times go through the roof when there's a shortage. There's no longer breakthroughs on the scientific research side. All of these things are just, they're, you know, it, talking about it almost as if it's recession proof and it's not, there's nothing that's recession proof, but there are so many industries affected by helium. And that, critical. Critical. It's critical. And uh, they, they generally don't all go to zero at once. <laughs> so, you know, we, we have a bit of an advantage that way. And the fact is, it, it's a good news story for Saskatchewan, for Canada, for North America, because it's, it is the ex exact same as drilling oil and gas wells. So we have all of these services that are in place already in Southern Saskatchewan that were idle during the last sort of slowdown in oil that we able to transition over to the helium space and drilling something that's green 
and uh, there's no negative public relations involved with helium. That's a dream right there. You've got, you got, you got the dream scenario. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the RMs in the, in the towns that we operate in and nearby are just ecstatic that we're there. So. Last question for you, distribution. So everything goes well. You've got 30 wells online. They're all doing great 24 months from now. And by the way, for everyone at home, we're still saying that hypothetically. All right. Yep. So make sure you guys do your own due diligence. But if everything goes well, distribution, um, obviously the entire planet needs it. But yeah. would you just, uh, obviously the U.S. market is probably your primary market. And would that, yeah. is that, would that be all you need? Because it's got to be expensive to transport around, around the world. If you got yeah, to China I mean, or certainly initially, initially it's U.S. only, um, and that's simply a function of facilities. Is uh, you know, right now helium is produced in Saskatchewan, is put in helium uh, tanks, and it's driven south of the border where it goes uh, to end sales point or to a liquefier uh, in the U.S. So that that's where we're going to be for the next little while. Once we get to a scale where we we look at building our own processing large scale processing facilities, options open up. As to where we go and i mean there have been we've had a number of meetings with groups out of, of japan uh, germany about about sourcing supply and already 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 yeah oh, wow okay that's I, I i didn't even think you'd be at that stage i just figured hey well, let's wait until we get the helium and then we'll just put up our sign and everyone, everyone will come calling <laughs> but they're already calling andrew yes and i mean that, that's the very that's what sort of set the hook for me on this industry in the first place back in you know, 2016, 17, when we were just getting started, uh, my phone rang and it was a, a call from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and it was Air Products International calling me to talk about helium. This is a Fortune 50 company globally calling me to talk about helium before we had anything. And that's when it sort of the light went on and said, okay, this is a really big deal. And uh, all of these major industrial gas players have been in touch with us about purchasing gas we produce. Uh, it's just, it's so fascinating that way that they contacted early. Like a couple different Japanese groups have come to meet with us. Uh, it's really, really sounds, Andrew, this sounds exciting, man. I mean, really, and I don't say that very often, but uh, you're right there. You've got, you've, you've got your hands around a supply that almost everybody needs. Yeah. You're just around the corner from finding out if you've, if you've got what you think you've got. And if you do, you're six months away from, cash flowing on your first group and you're 24 months away from cash flowing on the number that really makes you a major player. I mean, that's yeah. uh, is there an Achilles heel? Look, I want to, cause I never softball these. Is there an Achilles heel and every company has, it doesn't mean it's fatal, yep. but every company has an Achilles heel like Facebook and Twitter are right in front of the Senate today because their Achilles heel is they can't control content and that causes a major problem, their business uh, to, to their business plan. It, what's the Achilles heel for you guys? just geological risk, frankly. I mean, right. you know, we, at the end of the day, we are exploring here still and until we're not, we're exploring. So we're drilling wells down deeper than most people have drilled in Saskatchewan and uh, trying to produce a gas that no one's tried to produce here. Uh, so, I mean, there is geological risk. That's the biggest issue. Um, that's taken off the table to a great degree with our early exploration efforts, uh, showing that there should be gas produced down in the basement, showing that it should be trapped then it becomes drilling risk and, and that's manageable. There's been so much, there's so much drilling expertise here, but. And, and that's, and that's gotta be difficult for you guys. So you must have a fantastic team because unlike uh, drilling for gold or other commodities where there are just set ways to do it, you've got data 
from other 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 drills and you can kind of compare notes yeah. You're, you guys are kind of uh, an orphan almost. Yeah. So you've got to have a crack team there of, guy, of guys and gals, a team yeah. of people that are that really are know what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. And, and so we've got a great geotactical partnership set up with uh, with a group in Saskatoon, um, with a couple of groups in Saskatoon, actually. And then on the drilling side, we hired some consultants out of a small town called Carlisle, Saskatchewan, who sort of have a reputation of if you have a a trouble well or a difficult well these are the guys you call and so we've we've been dealing with them and they, they've just been fantastic you know every time there's a potential issue that pops up they're all over it they've got it solved before it even really happens so it's uh it's been terrific that way so andrew congratulations on uh what you guys have accomplished to date we know it's still early and you still have some proving to do in the market gotcha. but you've definitely positioned royal helium in a way uh, to, to give it the maximum probability of success. Now it's just a case of uh, getting those results in mid-April yeah. and, and going from there. So it's March the 25th today. And I know that because it's 200 year anniversary of Greek Independence Day. So I know, so we're three weeks away from having you back ballpark to talk about, you know, how these results come in. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's really, it's, it's near term between now and then, for sure it is. And, uh, you know, we're, all we can do as a company is 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 get it ready to the point where if it succeeds, it's ready to go and go and go. And that's what we've spent the last number of years doing is is building this vehicle such that it can take advantage of the success that we're we're expecting. And, uh, done a pretty good job of that. We got a good group of shareholders, a great board and management team that are supportive of what we're doing. They understand the risks, they understand the upside, and that's that's a good recipe for success right there. Yeah, that's about as good as you can get, right? Uh, you can't, you can't guarantee. You got to put yourself in the chance. Even the best football coaches will tell you. Bill Belichick will tell you. He can't guarantee a win, but he's, he puts his team in a position to have the best opportunity to win. And it, yep. it definitely sounds like that's what you've done along with your team. But look, you're the CEO. You're the chairman. You know, so you're, you're, everything starts from you, and you've done a great job, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's all about taking risk off the table to the greatest extent possible understanding that there's still a lot of it left at the end. <laughs> and being an entrepreneur myself, though, I can only imagine the risk that you took on back in you know, 2015, 16. Yeah. I mean, that's when the risk was big and you had to convince people to invest and, and, and come down this path. So it's nice for investors now to be at this level of risk. And there's still level of risk. Everyone at home, you got to do your due diligence, but uh, it's nice to have it mitigated versus what it, what it had to be six, seven years ago. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's bang on right. Andrew, thanks for joining us. And can't wait to have you back uh, somewhere around mid-April. Excellent. Thanks so much, guys. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform, to Andrew Davidson, CEO and Chairman of Royal Helium, trades on the TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol RHC. For almost all of you, except for current shareholders, uh, this is a brand new story and there's a lot to absorb. So we've made it easy for you. Get to the Royal Helium Hub on Agoracom, go to the profile page, and we've neatly laid out everything for you in layman's terms there to really understand what the company's doing. But from there, link over to the Royal Helium website, and you can even see it right now, the URL right above Andrew's head there. Uh, link over there, do your deeper dive, especially given the fact that results are coming in mid-April. You probably want to expedite that due diligence, but you've got to do it. We can't tell you what to do. Hopefully you discovered your next great small cap company. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.